Welcome back to the Office Hours podcast. And uh, we had a great break last week. I hope you had a good break and I hope you were able to, at least from this one unit class, I, I hope you're able to find a little bit of extra rest in your schedule, but we're back at it. We've got a few more weeks here till we get to Thanksgiving. We'll take a break off that week and then we'll move into heading strong, to, to ending strong as, as we move into Christmas. Um, today, I wanna talk about, uh, we're from our book here, the road to character which is is just fast becoming one of my favorite favorite books i'm really enjoying this book and uh so i think what i've asked you to do and 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 we're probably going to stay in this chapter for a couple of weeks here because there's so much gold in this um there's just so much in this um that i want us to talk about augustine is one of my favorite characters he has a saying out there at least it's been attributed to him where he says love is seeking the highest good for the other and that is that's kind of my my definition for what love is uh always seeking the highest good for the other. you know when people say things like i love you or you know most of us don't really know what that means we just say it because it's you know historically maybe for many of us it's been kind of a feeling it's been something like this but when I heard that definition where he says love is seeking the highest good for the other, it drastically transformed my understanding of what what love should and could be. And one of the things I talk about in classes and in co corporate trainings that I give is, is the fact that leaders, great leaders should be leaders who love other people. Why? It's not about emotions. It's not about taking. Again, most often when we think about that term love historically when you hear about the love songs and all that kind of stuff out there and i love a good love song right so i'm not ragging on any of that but when we hear about love songs typically it means that we're taking from somebody true love means that we're giving back to somebody love is seeking the highest good for the other so i say all that to say that quote has been attributed to saint augustine and so he's one of my favorite human beings in this book i'm actually learning more about him than what i knew before so here's what i want to talk about today i just want to read from uh page 194 and then we'll get to our question today. Um, I think that this is going to be a really important thing for you to talk about, a thing for you to write about. Okay, so let's just dive into this today. Augustine responded to this crisis. It talks about the crisis in this chapter. You can read more about that chapter called Ordered Love. Augustine responded to this crisis by looking within himself. You think that somebody who has become appalled by his own self-centeredness would immediately head in the direction of self-forgetfulness. His advice would be simple. Ignore yourself. Pay attention to other people. But Augustine's first step was to undertake an almost scientific expedition into his own mind. It's hard to think of another character in Western history up to that time who did such a thorough excavation of his own psyche. And I will tell you this, the more that we self-reflect, the better de uh, the better decisions we make, the better our life becomes. And I could talk to you, you know, about this from a very personal perspective. Uh, I spent most of my 20s and uh, right up until about the age 29, and I no self-reflection whatsoever. And then when I started to self-reflect was, was about the age 29, I, I wasn't very good at it. And my first five to six years weren't great. And then I hit about the age 
35 and it was actually it started about the age 32. I went through a huge crisis, got fired from a job that meant more than anything to me. I thought I was going to be there the rest of my life. I thought it was the thing. And I was let go from that position. And so then I find, you know, I find myself kind of out in the desert, out in the wilderness. And that's when I begin to really understand the power of self-reflection. And why did I make some of the decisions that I had made up to that point and some of the relationship decisions I'd made and people that I heard, all this kind of stuff, I begin to reflect on that. And it began to slow my life down. And through that process and other aspects of that, I begin to shave off some of the things in my life that that shouldn't even be there. And life began to get a little bit more quiet and begin to get less chaotic. But I begin to find out that I begin to take off and I begin to soar. And so it was almost like the quieter I became, the more reflective I became in my own life, the better life became for me. And and even to this point, and I, you know, I I share, you know, I share this with my classes often that that if I find myself going through a season like right now, this is a very busy time of year for me, like it is for you. Okay. So, so this isn't about me. It's, you know, it's about you. I'm just using myself as an example here. It's a very busy season, very busy season for myself. If I'm not careful and I go one, two weeks max without some self-reflection, I find that I start making some decisions that, that I really don't want to be making decisions that I shouldn't be making. And I, I don't mean anything horrible, anything bad, or, but just small decisions that I see in my own life that I say, man, that's a, that's a character thing right there. That's um, if I keep going in that direction long term, I'm going to really regret this and it's going to lead to something that's not going to be good in my life. But I have found that slowing down uh, has really helped my life speed up in really positive ways. I don't know how to explain that. Back to the back to the reading. Looking in, he saw a vast universe be beyond his own control. He sees himself with a depth and complexity almost no one had observed before. Who can map out the various forces at play in one uh, in one soul, the different kinds of love? Man is a great depth, O Lord. You number his hairs, but the hairs of his head are easier by far to count than his own feelings, the movements of his heart. The vast internal world is dappled and ever-changing. He perceives the dance of small perceptions and senses how uh, senses great depths below the level of below the level of awareness we all live at that level of awareness okay that's just kind of when we you know that's kind of where we exist the conversations we have the things that we do below that is where everything else exists it's almost like the ocean right you know most of us on this call we live close to the pacific ocean we live here in san diego and so if we were to you know drive out to, to the you know to the pacific ocean come over here on campus to Point Loma Nazarene, you look out on the vast ocean. It looks like there's, I mean, it looks vast, it looks massive, but it looks like peace and it looks calm on most days, at least. But boy, you go underneath that water one inch and you go even further and there's all kinds of things happening there. It's war down there in many ways. Animals taking off after each other and there's chaos and there's things moving around and currents and all this stuff. That's how the human mind is. And that's, we live on the self-aware plane where everybody, people may look at our lives and say, man, that is a calm person. That person is steadily calm. But at the same time, we know that if you go an inch underneath, there's a whole different world there. That's what this is talking about there. Okay. It's easy to live at that level of awareness, but really where the learning happens is when we go deeper. Augustine was fascinated, for example, by memory. Sometimes painful memories pop into the mind uh, unbidden. 
He was amazed by the mind's ability to transcend time and space. He quotes, even while I dwell in darkness and silence, in my memory I can produce colors if I will. Yea, I discern the breath of the lilies from violets through smelling nothing. And what he's talking about there is memory. It's the power of memory. We can recall things and see things. And we can even, you know, th- think about a past love that you had, a past relationship you had, a past, you know, uh, a past experience you had that was beautiful and amazing. You can go there in the mind. It's not the same as being there in the body, but you can go back to that experience in the mind. You can go all the way back to, you know, to to your teenage years. And you think about maybe some of the good or painful experiences. We can go there in the mind. Memory is a very powerful thing. The very scope of a person's memory amazed him. At least two great conclusions arose from this internal expedition. First, Augustine came to realize that though people are born with magnificent qualities, original sin had perverted their desires. Uh, up until this point in his life, Augustine had fervently desired certain things like fame and status. These things didn't make him happy, and yet he kept on desiring them. Left to ourselves, we often desire the wrong things, whether it's the whether it's around the, the dessert tray or in the late night bar. We know we should choose one thing, but end up choosing another. And as the Bible says in Romans, for the good that I For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. In a better translation, a more modern translation, it might say, what I don't want to do, I do, and what I do want to do, I don't. And all of us, if we're honest, have those moments in our life when we can understand what that means. What sort of mysterious creature is a human being, Augustine mused, who can't carry out his own will, who knows his long-term interest, but pursues short-term pleasure. How many times have you done that before in life? You've got long-term visions and goals and plans, but at the same time, what keeps us and what we stay in and what our mind is in and what our actions are in are the short-term. And we make short-term decisions that if we're not careful, those short-term decisions begin to add up and they lead to long-term consequences. So I'm going to read that again. What sort of mysterious creature is a human being, Augustine Muse, who can't carry out his own will, who knows his long-term interests but pursues short-term pleasure? Who does so much to screw up his own life? This led to the conclusion that people are a problem to themselves. We should regard ourselves with distrust. I greatly fear my hidden parts, he wrote. So class, we're in this, this, this class on integrity where we're looking at this issue of in integrity and, and what is it? And, and really, integrity means there are all kinds of people with all kinds of definitions. But what true integrity really means, it means to be who you are. And this is so much more than what some people ascribe to integrity is it's showing up on time. It's it's being a good person. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, it's being a good leader. It's it's being nice to people that these are traits of people that integrity. It can mean that. But but what integrity truly means to you know to truly have integrity means that you are who you are, and this makes this issue of integrity so much deeper, because to be who you are for some of us on the call it's, that's pretty easy, and you're going to be a good person, and good things are going to come. But there are some of you on the call today who would understand this that 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 there are things inside of you, and I'm not going to ask you to talk about that. Okay, you know we're getting into a whole other area here. But there are things inside of you that you would not. We all have those darker parts. We all have that closet that we keep closed and we say that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to open up that closet and let all the things out. Right. That's human nature. 
It's why we have, you know, we go to things like church and faith and community because we want to be better and we want to to see a standard that's higher than where we are today. And so we go to church maybe for those reasons, or we read certain books, or we have, you know, certain people that we listen to because they hold us to a higher standard because we know what's in that closet back there, right? We we know those darker parts about us. But the thing is this, we have to control those. What most people do is they avoid that closet. They avoid the things that are darkest about themselves. And and what they do is they go out and have lots of drinks. Or they, maybe like myself at times, overwork, work too much. Uh, they They take on poor habits, spend too much time watching Netflix and too much time eating, you know, things that they shouldn't eat, right? All the things that we do to avoid what we need to take care of, those hidden parts about ourselves. But the reality is this is long-term integrity requires that we look at those hidden parts within ourselves, And it's scary to do. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do in your assignment today. I'm going to ask that you, to the extent you feel comfortable, okay, you, you don't have to write about, you know, you just go as deep as you want to, to the extent that you feel comfortable, what is one thing that you would say is is in that hidden area? What's one thing that you would say, and what are three steps that you think that you need to take in the next months, weeks, whatever it is, whatever you decide to help solve that problem right there? And I'm going to go first, okay, because I'm asking you to do this, and so I want you to know that I I do this, and and I do journal, I do reflect. It's it's very important to me, the, this idea of living out of integrity, all, all of this, is, and it's not easy to do on a on a consistent basis. So when I so when I think about the hidden parts of my own self and I think about the darker parts or the things that are back in the closet that I don't I don't want other people to see. Um if I'm honest with you, I would say that ambition has been something that has been a uh, a strong positive for me, but ambition has also been something that has also been a negative as well for me. And it is something that I have to consistently keep in check. I have, uh, I have, I have put things like work and achievement and accomplishments and degrees and all these other things above relationships. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes that means you focus your life in and, and it means you say no to, you know, two or three things over here so you can say yes to the right things. But other times when ambition for someone like myself, you know, gets in the way, it means that you're walking away from something that could be a great thing or you're hurting somebody and and if i'm honest that these are things that have happened in my life when i look back on my life uh there are people that uh have been deeply hurt by jc because my ambition has gotten in the way of my own journey and so it's a consistent thing that i wrestle with uh i would tell you this on a daily basis even today, I had to get up and I had some thinking and some thoughts that I had to get out in my journal and I had to process through. And why am I making X, Y, Z decision? Is my ambition getting too much? And again, it's been a very positive thing that that ambition has led to self-determination, has been has led to self-reliance, all all things that I think are positive things. But that's, that, that, that ambition has also led to some things that have not been great in my life. And so I have to consistently keep that in check. So that I'm doing things not out of what they can do for me, but I'm doing things because I, I just want to do the thing itself. 
You know, we've talked about that in some of my classes, serving the work, not not working to make a name for yourself, but just serve the work because doing work is is good. I think it is. And so when it comes to integrity, I would say that that one of my greatest struggles in life and greatest wrestles is to keep that ambition in check. And to make sure that I'm consistently self-reflecting and why am I doing this? Why am I taking that meeting? Why am I asking for that meeting over there? Is it is it all about JC? Or or am I trying to bring value to the marketplace, trying to bring value to other people? And so that's something I have to keep in check. So I'm going to ask you that you would go deep on yourself as well. And you would look at that thing. And here's the reason why all of this is important. We're talking about integrity. Who we are inside, it reveals itself in our leadership every single time, 100% of the time, long-term. You may be able to fake people for uh, a year. You may be able to fake people for two years, three years, five years, seven years even. But I promise you, you get to about that seven, eight-year, nine, nine, ten-year mark, and you probably won't even make it that long. It's pretty tough to fool people that long. You might get to about year two or year three, but the real you begins to come out. The real you begins to come out and uh, people begin to see that and then trust happens or doesn't, you know, whatever it is. But I want you to consider that. I want you to be thinking about that in, in your own life. Uh, and I'd like for you to write about it to the extent that you feel comfortable. Uh, what are those things or that one thing or that something you would say that that is maybe hindering you in some ways? And I will tell you this. And I was sharing this with some people uh, just yesterday, a couple of friends that my ambition has been good. It's led to great determination, but it's also something I have to keep in check because if I consistently put ambition over relationships at some point, there's not going to be any relationships at some point, even in the work world, the professional world, uh, there's going to be a lack of success because the relationships aren't matching with that level of admission. Okay. So I understand that in my own life, that this is something I have to continue to keep in check and continue to keep asking, what is your motive for this, JC? Are you there to add value? Or are you there to try to make a name for yourself? So you've got your marching orders. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Please don't be afraid to dive deep. Please don't be afraid to reflect. This is incredibly important for you and your leadership journey and where you're going. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. I look forward to reading your responses. Take care, everybody.